Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Like winging it here. I still got to go in and check, you know, double check and triple check, make sure I got it right sometimes. Yeah, I know how it is. Yeah. I just got this uh, ring light probably a few months ago. And before that, I was using these um, these little clip-on lamps for like a book reading. Oh, yeah. Hey, if it works, <laughs> it works. I know. And they're, you know, they're rechargeable. You just plug them in, charge them. And then, so I had two of those that I would like sit, I would clip one on the side of my monitor, clip one on the bottom to like try to get rid of my chin hanging down, you know, like the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I use that forever. Uh, yeah. Just until a few months ago, I got that ring light, and uh, I just hung it. Actually, I'm hanging it. It's hanging on one of the uh, airsoft guns on this gun wall. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I just – because it has an attachment for, like, you know, a little stand and all that shit. Yeah. But uh, I've got all this stuff on my desk. i got two other monitors. i got all these guns on the wall and then all these USB attachments and everything. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, man, I just – oh, let me hang it on this. I got a uh, – my son's got a uh, the ARP nine. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a GG ARP nine, and he's got a, a flashlight attachment on it. So I've got it hanging on that. So it's it's works fine. I said, well, it's whatever. Tough. That's how you know you're in the big leagues when you've got the ring light and you're, you're on your way to being a one of them big time. I'm saying kind of production level, yeah. Yeah, you know those uh, videos where people have the ring light and it's like perfect lighting, and you and then they look real close and they, you, you can see, see it the, right in their eye. <laughs> it looks cool, right? And I'm always yeah. like, I can't. <laughs> it's not working. I don't get. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Said so, nah, I'm not yeah. messing with it anymore. It, it turns out okay. Whatever. Hey, if it works, it works. So I don't know if I ever actually got your your actual name. Oh, my name's Eric. Eric. All right. If you had yeah. gotten my name, I'm, I'm Lucas. Lucas. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I did or not. I just know you as Murph Sauce on here. <laughs> yep, that's. <laughs> yeah, I, we. I, uh, I, you know, most people don't know my name. You know, because oh, I okay. go by E Rock. My nickname, I go by E Rock on the uh, channel, our YouTube oh, channel. Oh, okay. So gotcha. everyone call you know, on Discord, or whatever. So everyone calls me E Rock. So uh, there's only a few times where I'll say, you know, where I'm meeting somebody, uh, like on here or something. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm Eric. You know, gotcha. E Rock, Eric, whatever. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So how did you come up with the uh, Murph sauce thing? It was actually a nickname. Um, so <laughs> my, my screen name that I had come up with when I first got on the internet as a kid, when I was around 11 or 12 years old, you know, making a, my Yahoo, you know, mail account and a, and a YouTube <laughs> channel, um, was Bro, I was, at 11 years old, I was playing wiffle ball in the, in the street, almost <laughs> getting hit by cars. Okay. Yeah. It was uh 1981. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, when I was uh, 12 and I was making, a, you know, like a YouTube account and wanted to try to do that stuff, I, the screen name I had come up with was Pyro Sniper Freak. That was, <laughs> that was, my, that was my screen name. Uh, and my first videos that I ever did on YouTube were actually Airsoft videos, uh, oh, believe wow. it or not. Yeah, um, that, and that's the, so I, I think. Way I, back then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and my they, gosh. So that that was I, I got introduced to airsoft uh, at around twelve years old. So that would have been two thousand and six. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I, the way I got introduced to it was uh, back when I was around 12, 13 years old, um, I was uh, in Sea Cadets, which if you haven't heard of Sea Cadets, it's kind of, you've heard of like a Civil Air Patrol? It's Sea Cadets is kind of like the Navy equivalent to Civil Air Patrol. Oh, okay. Um, and our, our battalion uh, CO uh, for, for Sea Cadets um, had a big house, and um, they uh, the, the, the battalion, they loved playing airsoft when I got into it. They were like, yeah. hey, we're going to do this big airsoft game at the CO's house. Uh, and I was like, what's airsoft? I didn't know what it was. I'd heard of paintball, but I'd never played it, and so I got introduced to it. Um, and, uh, I, I didn't get the introduction that most people get into with airsoft where they buy Walmart springers and play around in the backyard. Um, I got, I got thrown in the deep end, never having heard of what it was showing up and it's like, here's a paintball mask and we got some guns you can borrow. And everybody that I was playing with was running like top of the line, uh, AEGs and stuff for for what it was back then. Like the, the big name back then when I was getting into it was classic army. Um, So they were running like these really high-end, uh, you know, classic army guns. Some of them, you know, were already like upgraded and stuff. They had the the cool tactical gear, and um, you know, they, and they were, you know, really fast guns too, especially for the the you know uh, uh, distances we were playing at and stuff. Right. Since it was just kind of a local kind of you know private pickup game, uh, so I, I got thrown off in the deep end, uh, learning how to you you know play airsoft with a, a borrowed. Uh, like M4, A2, uh, you know, classic army uh, replica. And uh, yeah, getting lit up really, really badly. And (laughs) and, uh, at 12 years old, I I got, you know, thrown into the fire. But I looked like you had chicken pox or whatever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then I got got addicted to it. It was fun. I was like, I want to do more of this. Um, And then, you know, started trying to figure out, like, what can I buy? How can I get into stuff? And uh, fortunately, my, my parents were like, well, since you already got introduced at that kind of level and we want you to be able to compete with the people you're playing with, let's get you a half-decent gun. So my, my first airsoft gun was a Classic Army. Um, I don't know what the model number is, but it was a uh, like an M4. Uh, like mm-hmm. the, the, the M- I mix up the models, but it's the one that's got that kind of ribbed plastic handguard. It's got the big okay. tri- like the, the A2... Um, Oh, you know, front the, sight the, the sight post. post. It's got yeah. the carry handle. Okay. It's got the collapsible stock. Yep. Um, whatever that that standard base military look. Yeah, the M sixteen, like the M sixteen A two kind of stuff. It it was an M four. It didn't have the fixed oh, okay. stock. And it didn't you. have the okay. longer barrel. But it was. I yeah. think it was an M four A one or A two. One of those. Yeah. Uh, but that you. was how I got started into it, and I was bought at a classic army M four, and uh, and then I started. Um, you know, playing pickup games with my friends. Uh, our church had this big property that we'd go and play at, and then uh, we started finding the public fields to go to play at, where you know you like pay twelve bucks and they just do skirmishes all day. Um, right. And uh, yeah, and that's that's that was my introduction to it at a very early age, and right out of the gate wanting to make YouTube videos of it. Oh my gosh, man, that is cool though. That's a cool yeah. start. You know that you uh, you started that young uh, doing YouTube. Well, cheers by the way. What you drinking? I am drinking. Lagavulin 16. Oh my gosh. I have not had that. You like single malt scotches? I do. That is my favorite single malt scotch, as far as the peated ones. So, uh, like, uh, the peated scotches being the ones that are the more smoky flavor, um, and the unpeated ones, which are the, they they just weren't, the the barley wasn't cured over a peat moss fire. Um, The peated ones, my favorite is Lagavulin and an unpeated scotch i i really like the mccallans okay yeah well i'm drinking uh the kraken 
The Kraken. That's that black <laughs> rum, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not the biggest I don't know anything rum, about I... <laughs> liquors. All I know, all I look at is the uh, the alcohol content, what oh. proof it is. <laughs> so, you know, it sounds like you know, like uh, a little bit about that, how it's made or whatever. Yeah, I I uh, that's cool. I, I get I get super nerdy into a lot of things. If I ever get into something, I go into the deep end and I try to become an expert on it yeah. to a point that's obnoxious. So, uh, yeah, I've, I really uh, took a liking to um, single malt scotches. Uh, I like bourbon, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really like cigars with my scotch. Oh, um, nice. So, yeah, whenever I, once I got into it, I really, really honed in. Like, I like to know how it's made. I like to know all the differences, where it comes from. And, you know, uh, yeah, I, I do that with just about <laughs> everything I get into. So what, is, uh, so what is the peated, peated so, so, non-peated or whatever? What does that mean? So uh, in Scotland, they have an excess of this stuff called peat moss. Um, and back in the early days, ancient days in Scotland, when they first started figuring out how to make scotch, uh, they, they, they take the barley grains um, and to cure them in preparation for um, fermentation, they have to dry them. And um, the way they found to dry them most effectively was over a fire. And the they didn't have a you know they don't have a ton of trees um, out there. It's a lot of plains and marsh. So yeah. uh, at least to, to my knowledge, that's how it was back then. And yeah. but moss, the peat moss was everywhere. And peat moss, when it burns, has a very distinctive kind of smoke uh, flavor to it. Uh, much as like you know you find with like hardwoods that you use for smoking barbecue, and you can yeah. taste the different ones. Peat moss has very distinctive flavor and smell as well. So traditionally, they would cure the uh, the barley over a fire of burning peat moss and single malt, or not I, back then they weren't called single malt or anything. It was just scotch uh, had a, a smoky flavor to it from the the, the peat smoke um, that was put in the barley. So nowadays we all have modern processes that like they can dry and cure the, yeah. the grains and stuff without that, but. Uh, some people still like that traditional smoke, that strong smoke flavor huh. that ye olde scotch had by, by roasting the or drying the stuff over a peat, uh, f- peat moss fire. So that's what a peated scotch is, which means today, even though they don't need to do that, they use peat moss smoke to cure the barley to impart that flavor. Whereas an huh. unpeated scotch just means they cured the barley, whatever, with a modern process where there's not okay. imparting any smoke flavor to it. Huh. Um, so like a peated one would be like old school. It's made like a kind of an old school way. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Yeah, it's it's the way that they originally made uh, yeah. scotch. At least, at least to my knowledge, you know, I'm not. I don't claim to be the expert, but I, you know, I've watched a lot of. I've, I've read a lot of literature well, and watched a lot of videos on it. <laughs> you're you're way. I just learned a ton. Uh, I'd never heard of that before. 
Yeah, I, know, and I've been drinking a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that just goes to show how obsessive I get over things. Yeah, that's. I mean, hey, that's not a bad thing, man. <laughs> a lot of very successful people got very focused, you know, on one thing and uh, completed it. So, yeah, for sure, that's uh, a yeah. that's really cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, my son would love uh, talking to you. You probably do you know a lot about cigars as well. I, I I'd like to think I know a, a good bit. I've yeah, I've certainly spent a lot on them and and smoked a lot of them <laughs> over the years. Yeah. So uh, my sons, two of my sons, they uh, actually the ones that are on the channel, Colton and Chris, they uh, they love cigars. Mm. So, but they don't do them very often. But when they do go out, uh, those two and then JP, who's also you know part of our channel, uh, they'll go to downtown Greenville. Or is it downtown? I don't know. They've told me the name of the place. Maybe it's in Haywood Mall. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, there's a cigar shop somewhere in there. I think <laughs> and, uh, they go in and uh, and they you know try all these different ones or whatever. They don't know a whole lot about them, you know. I guess just what the guy tells them, and sure. uh, so they'll bring different ones home. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's good. When we just had one the other night, actually, from a wedding we were at a couple weekends ago. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So we just smoked it last uh, last weekend, you know. And we were drinking, doing shots, and you know, drinking some liquor and stuff, and, uh, right. and smoking these cigars. It was, you know, it's a cool, cool thing. He was talking about getting a uh, some kind of cigar cutter that's like a V. I yeah, guess, yeah. When you cut it, and mm -hmm. it's supposed to do something better. Like I have no clue about that. <laughs> yeah, there's three. There's three typical ways to cut your uh, the end of your cigar. There's a you know flat cut or guillotine cut, which is just it's like what you've typically seen. It's just the the two sliding pieces. Um, that just it's like a straight guillotine cut just cuts it flat and then there's the v cutters which cuts like a v notch into it and i think some people like it because i guess it opens up more surface area um at the end of the cigar I, i've never fully understood the v cut and some people do like a double v so it cuts like a star shape on oh. it partially because it just looks cool and then the third <laughs> is with a, a a punch so that it's like a punch that literally just punches a hole into the end of it it's usually oh. a you know small diameter hole punches kind of deep into the cigar and uh, people that like the the punch, they want uh, something that restricts the flow a little more, so it doesn't oh, okay. um, it, the the draw isn't too light. It actually resists you drawing air through it a little more. Uh, yeah. It's I I've tried different ways and I haven't noticed a ton on how they like change the flavor. They might just make it draw easier or lighter, or they they might affect um, how how hot it burns or how much tar kind of you know builds up at the back of the cigar. I've yeah. I've always just done the straight cut. It's just the easiest, and it's what I, I I've not felt the need to do anything fancier than that. The only time I've ever done a, a punch is when I was trying out some cigars that I found were just had such a light draw, they'd burn out so fast. They provided no resistance at all to you you uh, oh. puffing on them. So I used the punch to try to restrict the flow a little more. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to have the punch because uh, you know if, I like to do like in the old school movies, you know. Yeah, like just stick it in the side of my mouth and kind of chew on it, you know, while you're smoking right. it. <laughs> and uh, with those big ones, man, you can't really when they're flat cut. It's yeah. like you can't really do that because it's such a blunt edge, you know, wide. But uh, yeah, I'm like, well, ah. <laughs> if you if you like if you like big cigars like the higher ring gauge ones, um, but you like to just kind of put it in the corner of your mouth as opposed to hold it all the time. If you haven't seen them before, the uh, uh, torpedo uh, cigars. So they're they're really tapered down to the end, 
Oh, they, okay. They're really fat, but towards the back end, they, they taper down to a small point. That's so when what you, I need. Yeah, so when you cut them, you can actually choose what length along oh, okay. the, the distance to, to cut it so that you get the exact diameter um, right at the, the back end of it. They're, they're torpedo shape. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to, ha I'll, I'll have to tell them to get, uh, get me some of those when they go next. Yeah, torpedoes <laughs> are cool. Yeah, that is awesome. So yeah, look, yeah. man, we just uh, this is our first time meeting. Yeah. Uh, like I said, cheers. Uh, appreciate you being on here. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, I've heard about you from uh, Rob or Robert, yeah. and um, I never know. He never tells me what. He goes by, whether it's Rob or Robert. What do you guys call him? So I call him Robert. Uh, the way I actually know Robert is um, I, I actually work with his dad. His dad's yeah. my, uh, a co-worker of mine. And when his dad tells me about him, he calls him Robert. Um, okay. So I, that's, yeah. that's what I've always called him. I've not known him by anything different. Yeah, whenever I type, you know, whenever we text through at Discord, I'll, I'll use Robert, but... I thought, I don't know, maybe I was, I didn't know if he went by Rob or Robert, but, and we've talked, him and I have talked like 50 times, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's something I should know. But anyway, yeah, he told me about this last event he went to that, uh, you know, you, you went along and, or, you know, y'all went together and, yep. And, uh, that, you know, you worked with his dad and, uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. So he was telling me a little bit about, you know, like your background, like he had, he's played, he used to play uh airsoft a little bit and then he hasn't played for a long time and yeah. so he came out to the event i was like oh i'd like to talk to him you know that's kind of cool i didn't know you started that young though with like the youtube thing and like you know doing a video for it and you know for airsoft you know at that young of an age that's a really cool thing so how long has it been since you played so before this last event about 10 years wow yeah so um i yeah i started playing uh when I was about 12, which that would have been 2006. And I stopped really playing right around the time I was getting ready to graduate high school, uh, probably my, my junior year, maybe senior year. And I graduated high school in 2012. So okay. the, the last major airsoft games that I, I had played was probably around 2011. Um, and then I, you know, once I went off to college, I just didn't have the time for it. Um, ended up selling a lot of my guns uh, most of them actually, and just, just never having the time to play anymore, going off to school. And, right. uh, I'd thought about over the years, I was like, man, I, I miss playing airsoft. I want to try to get back into it. But all my friends that I played with, they all graduated, moved to other States, oh, you know, yeah. went, you know, went into the army or the air force. And I lost, you know, like the, the gang that we all played right. together kind of, you know, fizzled away and it was just yeah. hard to, you know, and, and that was the fun for me. I never really liked going to play airsoft alone. I only liked to go, right. if I had some people to squat up with and, and, and play together, that was half the fun for me. For um, sure. you know, and, uh, so, so it just, it never really happened much to, to play. And then, um, and if, if, if it never, if I'd never mentioned before, all of this was in, uh, Florida, that's, that's where oh. I lived. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I've only lived in, uh, I only moved to South Carolina in, uh, 2018. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so that was that was when I uh, graduated college and uh, moved out here. It was in 2018. So up until then, I uh, grew up, born and raised in Orlando, and I had gone to school in uh, Gainesville. So okay. Orla Orlando was where we were playing airsoft all those years. Kid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was basically while I was off at college and doing stuff, um, and, and since even through, you know, living out here in South Carolina, 
Um, I had just not gotten around to it. And then that's when I started really thinking, oh, I need to get back into this now. Now that I know there's an airsoft scene out here, it was Robert's dad uh, uh, was telling me like, oh, you know, my, my son loves airsoft. I was like, I used to play airsoft when I was a kid. And he's like, oh, there's this awesome airsoft scene. He put me in touch with, with Robert. That's when I found out about the, the AOSC Discord yep. uh, server. And I got on and I was like, these guys seem like some solid dudes. They got all oh, these yeah. fields they go play at. I started looking at pictures and I was like, this is what I've been wanting to get into. Because I didn't want to just go and go to one of these like um, you know public indoor fields where you just play a bunch of random short skirmishes with nobody you know. I right. wanted to like find a place where it's like they, they do big events and stuff like that, a little bigger scale like what I used to do when I was a kid. And I'd have been following on the Discord server for AOSC for like over a year, starting to try to like you know, oh, wow. slowly work on my plan of like, okay, what can I start cobbling together of the stuff, the gear that I still have? You know, it's like, oh, is that gun still hanging out at back at my parents' house in Orlando? Let me see if I can go find that thing in the attic somewhere. <laughs> see if I went repaired. Like, I spent several months trying to figure out how to repair the one good AEG I had uh, yeah. laying around. And finally, the stars aligned. It's like, all right, my schedule opened up. I found a, a scheduled game that's that I, I'll be available for. I finally got my gun fixed. I got, uh, I bought batteries because all my, you know, nickel metal hydride batteries that are decade old are not working anymore. Yeah, they won't even charge. Know, yeah, I had to had to go buy, and you know, apparently that's not really a, a, a thing now anymore. Everyone's using lipos or just yep. you know gas HPA and whatnot. So I had to go and find and scour to find really good uh, nickel metal hydride, you know, uh, nine point six volt batteries with the mini <laughs> uh, Tamiya connectors to fit in my AG because if I, I wanted to try to upgrade it to a lipo, but it was just going to be too high voltage. I was worried yeah. it was going to burn the motor out. Right. Um, so yeah, all the stars aligned. I got all that stuff together, and I was like, finally, I'm gonna go play an event. And I was thinking, all right, let's see if maybe the scene has changed a bunch. Maybe it's just different, or if this is gonna be just like the good old days. And after playing that whole event out there, the the crypto something or other um, crypto mining uh, event, yeah. um, they had out yeah, there. At, a, uh, oh shit. Yeah, he told me about it. Yeah, we, we made a video. We talked. We did a podcast on it. And I he told me about it five <laughs> times. Crypto. Um, uh, cipher. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Something. Cypher, it was something, like, something that. like that. But yeah, yeah, I went and played it, uh, and I was like, man, this is. It, it gave me all the vibes from way back when I used to play, and I was like, it, it was, it was nostalgic for me. Um, it oh, was, man. it was super cool, um, and uh, it was, it was fun to see that some things just have not changed at all, and some, some things have changed. Um, you know, it was, it was cool to see how all the the gun brands and technologies had changed. Everybody was talking about gun brands, like airsoft gun brands that I was not familiar with. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, there was some, some new types of, of gear out there. So, some of the uh, the trends as far as what types of guns people were running, what types of gear they were using, what they were prioritizing in their gameplay and their, their yeah. kit and all that was very different. Um, but that's still the same old vibes of, of the, you know, kind of organized combat for, for the event and, um, you know, just, just what the gameplay felt like. Uh, it, it was a rush for me. It was great. I was like, now I'm, I've, I've been bit by the bug again. I want to get back into this. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And it was, it was that cool awesome. to see that my, you know, decade-old gear, while it, it was not really, really that great, it was, it was holding up. It allowed me to rough around right. the edges. It, it needs some. My, my one AEG needs some tender love and care to, to really start getting accurate and powerful again. Um, but it, it held its own. I did, I did pretty well. It was. It didn't feel like I was a springer amongst, you know, uh, HPA <laughs> right. guns, like any sort of disparity no. like that. It was just, you know, a little beat up is all. 
Right. Um, yeah, but it, well, it was a great, great time. The, when you have those big outdoor, you know, games like that, where there's, you know, a ton of people, then you, uh, if, as long as you have a, you know, halfway decent gun, you're going to be, you know, you're, you're going to do okay. Cause you got, you know, uh, a bunch of teammates with you that can kind of yeah. coordinate or whatever. So it's not just all, you know, on you. Right. Right. So was that, so the gun you took was the, that classic army one you had for, for a long time? No, that was my first gun I ever okay. had, but I had okay. sold that, uh, you know, just a few years into playing, and I had upgraded. Um, this gun was, and I'll I'll pull it out here if I can. Yeah, go ahead. Let me get my uh, my cord. Yeah, no untangled sweat. here, so I can. Uh, there we go. I need to get a wireless headset. That would be the bomb. Oh, look at me, man! I got this ten set freaking or ten dollar freaking mic over here. It's like one of these right. uh, telemarketing mics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like a call center. That's what. That's what. They yeah, call, call center yeah. mic. That's exactly what it is. I was like. Uh, where's the cheapest mic? I'm not. I'm not buying a huge ass, you know, hundred dollar <laughs> headset for this thing. So this was my brother's gun from way back when we played. All my guns I had sold, but this is a KW, a Gen One KWA G36C. Oh, that's awesome. You see, it's got the the extra fat uh, handguard because yep. the, the first the Gen Ones they had a really fat handguard to try to let you fit a really big nickel battery in there, and then the Gen Twos was right coming out right around the time where lipos were really becoming popular okay and they're like you don't need a fat a lipo in there let's make the uh the handguard actual accurate scale to the real gun yeah um so people that know g36s look at this thing and they're like what's the deal with that i mean you can see how <laughs> ridiculous it looks <laughs> uh-huh um but that yeah it's cool it, though it was really cool. It's it's beat, super beat up. So I'd lost the uh, the retention pin, and you can see the for holding the handguard there. It's just a bolt oh, with a, nice. a wing nut on it. <laughs> a bolt with a wing nut. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's missing. Um, like the, the the sling I have for it is not meant for this at all. So it's been jerry rigged in fifteen different ways. The yeah pad, you know, the pad for the buttstock, you know, like the rubber yeah. de decayed over a decade of sitting in a, oh a hot garage and just crumbled yeah. apart. So it's just that bare plastic on there now. Um, and you'll get a kick out of this. Um, so the nowadays, I know a lot of people when they put uh, suppressors or silencers on their AEGs, they're usually either loudeners or a, a right. shroud for an extended barrel because a lot of the noise comes out of the, the gearbox. You're not going to really right. silence that much. This Gen 1 G36 is so, so quiet. Uh, an actual foam core suppressor makes a huge difference on it. Um, huh. Most of the noise actually comes out of the, the, the report from the air blast from the muzzle. Yeah. So way back then, my brother and I, we wanted to try to make a, a silencer for it. Yeah. Um, now, this predates you know 3D printing. We didn't have a machine oh, shop right. or anything like right. that. So we, we jerry-rigged some stuff. So this is the silencer we made out of a spray paint can. Oh, my God. That's cool. So we uh, – it, it's I'm not going to be able to show it to you to, like, take it apart. It's all, like, like screwed and glued together. But it's okay. – in, inside, inside is a piece of, like, half-inch or one-inch PVC pipe that we just drilled holes in all over, made it look like Swiss cheese, yeah. and, and drilled out with, like, a hole saw um, the, the holes here. And, and fit that center in there. Uh, we we uh, cut off one, you know, the back end of the um, the can, and we we fit that core pipe in there with all the holes drilled in it, and then shoved all the in, the entire annular space in there with just this like light foam, um, and then cut to shape a piece of uh, like sheet aluminum, screwed it in, um, and glued it, and then we um, basically with set screws and stuff just took the the muzzle uh, device, the um, the flash hider. Off yeah. of the gun that threads off with the those fourteen um, yep. counterclockwise, yeah. yeah, and just 
fit it right in there in the uh, um, the core pipe. And it's like it, it works. It's it, it's it's oh how like, smart! So you put the the orange tip basically into the can, so you could just screw it on and off. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I'll, when you screw oh, yeah, it on that's here, smart. Yeah. it looks it looks so so awesome and, and ridiculous <laughs> how fat that thing is. <laughs> this is a cool dude. I love this thing. This is like the Mad Max or Fallout Three kind of you know gun that. You know, you just find parts here and there and, yeah. and keep keep it together so it keeps running. Part of me wants – and I, I do want to start getting some modern, really, high, you know, higher-end, uh, higher-performance kind of guns. But part of me wants to try to get some more life out of this. I think really all it needs to really be viable again is a new uh, um, barrel and hop-up unit. And if I'm not mistaken, this will take most um, – is, is it type ones that are the, the AK uh, style? Um, yeah, type uh, I think are the... so. I think so. Or ver version one, wanna... version two. Yeah, um, version one, right. Style. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I think version twos are the AR style, and version ones or threes are the AKs. And I believe this uh, these take the same one. It's it's one of the standard uh, um, gearbox styles of like the the, the, the barrel and hop up unit. So I think if I just get a new barrel and hop up unit in it, the the accuracy I think was the only thing that was really lacking. The accuracy. Okay. I was going to say, how, you know, how did it, <clears throat> how did it run for you on the field this, you know, this last event? It runs the, good. Yeah, the, the the power was okay. Um, mm -hmm. it, I, um, I'm pretty sure it chronoed um right around uh you know like 400 FPS with with point twos. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, it yeah. was a like a one one point five uh joule gun Jules, more or yeah. less. Uh, that's the other thing I've had to learn is that we did back back then we didn't talk in joules. It was all yep. in. FPS with point two, so I've still been trying to memorize the conversion from how I used to think about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the power was all right. I think the, the hop up was just struggling. I, I'm sure that bucking is decayed by I now. Was dry say, rotted. Yeah, anything rubber in there, the the seal on your on your piston, you know, inside whatever, you know, that might need. And those are yeah. really simple things to replace, you know. Yeah, it's just I have to go and find, uh, you know, th that's the other thing I've been trying to figure out is all the new web, you know, what good websites to shop at because all the websites I used to shop at are like they're non-existent. The, uh, <laughs> the big one that where I ordered my first gun was Airsplat. Airsplat was the – I never uh, even heard of it, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they exist anymore. Um, oh, my some, gosh. Yeah, some of the ones that I would ordered from in the later days of you know, playing in my, my childhood are still around. I think um, Airsoft GI was one that I had yep. ordered from and uh, – I think the most recent thing I'd ordered anything from before I stopped playing was was Evike or Evic, however yeah. people say it. Yeah, I um, know. We 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 say it both ways. <laughs> we yeah. said it for the first like, you know, year of our channel, we always said Evike because that's we got all the BOAs, every single one that came out for that whole first year we did a our started our YouTube channel. Yeah, we got every single one. We didn't miss a one. Okay. So because now one of us might miss one because you know they sell out in like you know thirty seconds, but uh, right. Yeah. So all of our videos were like, hey, we got this Evike BOA, Evike BOA, whatever Father's Day edition, and yeah. then it was like eight months into our channel, and this uh, somebody comments like, well, it's pronounced this, whatever, you know, and I was like, <laughs> is it really? So I looked on uh, some of their older videos that they have on like you know that they post on their website for like each of their guns, you know that Matt, I think it's Matt. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, Matt that sounds right. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's, when he's talking about one of their products, whatever, you know, he says, you know, you can all get all this from Evic. I was like, oh, shit, we have been saying it wrong. So I tried <laughs> to switch, but it sounds so weird. 
yeah. saying Evig. <laughs> yeah, that's because I always said Evig as well. Uh, so yeah. it's I have to force myself to say Evig when I when I care yeah. enough to. Um, yeah, those are the yeah, two that's... big channels we get, or I guess websites we get our stuff from, and then Amped is a big one. You know, I've been hearing well. about that one. Rob, yeah, Robert yeah. was telling me like, oh, Amped is great. You can find a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah. So that's going to be my struggle now is to uh, find all the new good brands to buy from for uh, aftermarket uh, parts for my old old guns and make sure everything right. is still compatible. But yeah, I, I do want to get some life out of that one and just kind of keep the legend of this thing going. Um, yeah. You know, this this decade. Well, oh, for you know, sure, dude. We, Definitely I think, do that. I think we bought it in 2009. That would have been when we bought this thing. Yeah. Uh, my, my brother had bought the, the, the KWA or the, the Gen 1 G36, and I had gotten um, at the same time a Gen 2 KWA SR25, I think is what it was. It was a like a kind of a DMR. 556 uh, yep. style rifle. It had the the full quad Picatinny rails. Mm. It was like an 18 or a 20 inch barrel. It had a crane stock. Um, you know the flat Picatinny topped upper receiver. Um, and I'd put like a like a red dot or a scope on it or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, that thing was fun too. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yeah, that we bought both of those right around 2009, I think. And those were okay. the, the the best like highest quality guns we played with up until. We stopped playing. Where those those KWAs, uh, yeah. and apparently, by all, from everything I've heard, KWAs, they're, they're, those AEGs are still considered kind of top of the line uh, stuff by today's standard, at least from what I've been hearing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're still big time in the game. Yeah, we've gotten a few uh, weapons from them, you know, and mystery boxes and stuff like that. I think we had uh, we had a couple pistols, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely uh, you know a, a big name in the market as well. Yeah. yeah, there's so many out now. It's uh, and then of course you you know all the HPA stuff that you know basically I think what happened you know in the beginning was uh, you know it was all H or uh, AEGs yep. originally and then uh, you know paintball was big back right. you know especially back when I you know in the mid 90s I started you know paintball and that's that's an HPA you know yeah that's all it is <laughs> and uh, so yeah pretty much yeah the, so I think they started converting the uh you know whoever somebody started converting the airsoft guns over to hpa with air and yeah those are way that i was gonna say robert's big into that right now he's starting to 3d print a bunch of stuff and like build this he's trying to do this uh hpa build and we talked about it on our last podcast actually last week him and i and he's like uh should i get this and he'll be looking up stuff while we're talking you know and i mean this guy you know how smart he is you know he's just oh, yeah. like okay let me look this up and i remember asking him something a few weeks ago i texted him while i was at work and i was like hey uh could you you know look into this for me i don't know anything about it you know i was saying uh so he's like uh yeah let me do some research like 15 minutes later yeah. he comes back he's like yes it's definitely possible and we can do it i was like Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like two days from now you could get back to me, but you know, that's cool. He he so, texted yeah. me the other day, um, I think it was yesterday, the day before, he was like, Hey, how much do you know about uh like solenoids, solenoid valves? And I was telling him like I I've I know how they work, I've you know, um, you know, done stuff that involves them, but I've I haven't really personally interacted with them with them or done builds with them much like in, in you know, um, you know, my projects and whatnot. Um yeah. 
and presumably he's trying to do something with one of his you know custom uh, build ideas, and then he starts sending me links and stuff to these you know HPA valves or not HPA valves like solenoid valves and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he's uh, he, he's got some some pretty uh, pretty epic ideas. He he's got the the drive to go do some stuff. Yeah, he does. I, I love talking to him because he's always got something new going on. Yeah, he does. You know, he's like, I'm 3D printing. I'm doing the crypto. I was uh, so in the last, you know, the last two times we did podcasts. As soon as we start, we're like five minutes in. I'm like, bro, uh, your mic is cutting out like you know every ten seconds. So I don't know if you're if there's something running. I don't know if it's your internet. You know, he's like, oh wait, I'm uh, mining whatever coin. Hold Ethereum. on, let me turn that off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like okay, <laughs> he turns he turns it off. Everything's fine. I'm like okay, like it's just you know he's got so much stuff going on. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm, I, I love it. You know, I love that he's into all that stuff and uh, very efficient with yes. information, you know, with yes, he is. research, I guess. So anytime I have a question like that uh, about anything, in fact, the last, you know, that when I texted him that day, it wasn't even about Airsoft. It was about, uh, you know, creating your own token, like you oh, know, yeah. crypto kind of token thing. Yeah. He's like, yep. Uh, yeah. And within like two days. He texted me. He was like, "Yeah, I created it." I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> okay." So, I will. Anyway. I will say, I I, uh, I wish I had the the um, the increased free time of of being a, oh, a yeah. teenager to go and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I will say, Robert has a lot of uh, cool technology and resources at his disposable uh, disposal nowadays yeah. compared to what I had when I was his age. If I had a three printer when i was his age if i had um you know access to all this cool computing power and stuff yeah. when i was his age i probably would have just been j just as crazy about doing all this stuff and just just as uh, efficient i certainly had the desire to do that stuff right so it's, it's yeah. I, I think it's really cool people uh, you know ki younger kids um are, are a lot more blessed nowadays with all this cool technology at their fingertips oh, yeah. and all the all free time when they're young to go and learn all this stuff and right. teach themselves. It's it's cool. It's really cool. Oh stuff. yeah. When yeah. I was his age, I uh, I got kicked out of my house and um, I was in high school, you know, I was senior whatever, or going into my senior year. Got kicked out of my house uh, for a while and <laughs> yeah, I was I was going out and partying with my friends. My parents were real religious. They didn't want me to do that and I left and my dad said if you if you leave again, you're you're not coming back. I said, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and by this you time, I already, <laughs> oh yeah, I, <laughs> I remember, uh, I didn't believe him actually. So we, um, had already signed up for the Marine Corps. I was, uh, I signed up as soon as I turned 16. Uh, I walked, you know, we walked back then we walked to school and walked home. Okay. And it right. was four miles from my house. But anyway, you know, it's not forever, but uh, I walked past the uh, recruiting station when I was like 10 and 12, I knew I wanted to go in the Marine Corps. So, uh, so I passed by it every day. So I would go in, I was like 15 and a half. I knew the uh, recruiter already. I'm like, as soon as I turn, I'm going to come in here. He's like, well, we need your parents' signature. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and, uh, so, but anyway, uh, so I signed up for the delayed entry program, but at 17, I get kicked out and, uh, I went out with my friends. I come back and there's a note on my door. Uh, on the outs on the outside you know the outside door uh, says uh, your stuff's in the garage so my my dad packed all my my mom and dad packed all my stuff and uh, <laughs> so I went and grabbed a few bags I stayed with a friend for you know a while and uh, now I still went to school and stuff but um, 
but anyway, and then I went in the Marine Corps. I, I did go back home, and you know, my parents and I got along. It was, you know, it was fine. And uh, my dad actually ended up being the the best man in my wedding. So. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, we went from like you know this when I was a teenager, to after uh, I graduated boot camp. Uh, you know, he was in the Navy, so you know he was he was proud of you know it was all it, it was all good. Now we still butted heads a lot after I got out of the Marine Corps. I did four years in, and then. Then my wife and I got married. We moved back home and stuff and started having kids. And we would spend, you know, holidays and stuff over my parents. My dad and I would still argue. But, it, you know, he was always one of those guys, like, we'll yell at each other. And then two minutes later, like, we're fine, you know. Oh, there it's you like go. Yep. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, everything was fine. It was, uh, but yeah, I, I started out, like, at, at Robert's age, I was just, I didn't want to be at home. And I wasn't. <laughs> so, you know. So yeah, I don't think I would have been doing what he's doing. I I sure. just cared about chasing girls and uh, and drinking. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, so, yeah. Yep. yeah. No, Robert and I have been talking a lot about the different builds we want to do. The um the thing that I I can't remember if he he gave me the idea or if I gave him the idea, but I've I've been as soon as I saw it come out, I've been super enthralled with the um the Polar Star Kythera. Yep. I love the idea of an all-mechanical semi-auto uh, um, HPA rig with a really nice, realistic, clean trigger brake, reminiscent yeah. of an actual AR trigger. So, um, but I, I've as I've gotten into airsoft, I think, well, how how fun would it be to try to just come up with something unique that's not out there on the field? Um, and the the Kythera is so small. You like, yeah, it's meant to fit into that gearbox you know, to drop in, but I'm thinking, right. what if you just build something that fits it without being the exact profile right. of that gearbox? And I started thinking, well, you know, what if we design a custom chassis, if you will, yeah. for that Kythera to just drop into where you can get really creative with the design of the body and you could start making, um, you know, uh, like sci-fi guns or guns from video yep. games and stuff. You know, we it's so easy nowadays with all our CAD software we have available to us to just for sure um, model whatever we want, either off of a, a template of, from a video game or a movie, or just create something unique of our own. Right. You know, the external uh, aesthetics, and then just build out whatever dimensions on the inside of that model, fit it in there. You know, split it in halves or whatever, so it can all clamshell together and. Make yourself because yeah, you don't cool need gun. the HPA. All you need is the tube. You just yeah, need a, just tube a tiny that little tube can you know funnel air to that nozzle. That's it. Yeah, you don't need and all that just... extra you know all that stuff for the gears and all that kind of stuff. And you could even go a step further because uh, you obviously need to have the um, something to actuate the uh, the trigger yeah. sear, which normally it's just that AEG trigger right there. Um, but then I was thinking you could make some fun bullpup guns you make some custom linkages yeah. so you put the trigger way up front you stick that kythera engine all the way in the back and just have some editing linkages um, yeah yeah you could make some really really cool unique guns so um yeah i started thinking well if you get a kythera i i, I started thinking you know about how can i make some replicas of some like cool halo guns stuff right or um you know uh guns from um, I don't know. Take take your pick of any sci-fi movie. I yeah. even thought about making Star Wars blasters or something yeah, like Star that. Star Wars, um, you know. Uh, yeah. What is that? Steampunk, uh, Borderlands, you know. Yeah. Oh, border. Yeah, Borderlands guns. Yeah. Those are Gears how fun of would War. it be? How fun <laughs> would it be to get roll up with one of those crazy Borderlands guns yes. that takes like a magazine from each side or like right. the thing spins around or something? 
put some LED lights that, you know, rotate yeah. and do all the flashing stuff. Of course, I guess that would give away your position, but hell, man, if you're going to go play CQB, who cares, you know? Right, some, right. Like a novelty gun or something. Yeah, and that was um, uh, something my, my – so I've been trying to get my brother um, back into it. He hasn't played as, you know since way back when both of us had stopped playing. Um, and I told him, like, hey, I just went and played Airsoft for the first time in a decade, and it's it's just as good as we remember it, man. we got to try to get you back into it. But we've been talking about, well, back then we used to take ourselves super seriously and want to oh, try yeah. to do full milsim stuff. So we wanted to have the, the, the accurate matching uh, camo uniform. We wanted the plate carrier and the gear, um, you know, try to look as, as accurate to, to real steel military as possible and right. be all tactical. And nowadays we're thinking like, all right, if we're getting back in, we let's let's not take ourselves as seriously as we did before, and let's kind of um, do some fun kind of meme kind of loadouts and all that. So we we or or just something that's like borderline cosplay. So we thought we my brother and I've been talking for two weeks now about uh, building uh, some replica armor suit from Halo ODST. Oh yeah. Um, we wanted to, we saw, all right, we want to make, and I've seen some people on the internet already do it, but we wanted to make a replica, a couple replicas of the Halo EST uh, SMG, that suppressed SMG. Oh, yeah. And yep. um, make the, the ODST armor, because we yeah. think the ODSTs are cooler than the Spartans, because they're, they're, they're OG. The hell jumpers, man. So, yeah, they're, they're not augmented with biomechanical right. things. They're just, they're just hard dudes jumping yeah. out of space. Um, so we thought it'd be fun to make a, a couple sets of ODST armor and some replica uh, si suppressed SMGs from the game, and just like, yeah, it's not going to be practical. Not going to see out of the helmet super well. We're going to we're going to attract a lot of attention, <laughs> but we're going to have fun doing it and look cool For while sure, doing it. Man, that's cool. So we've kind of we've kind of thought, all right, if we're getting back into this, let's let's just have a little fun with it, and not take ourselves so seriously. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, there's a few guys. I, there's one guy I follow on Instagram that. Uh, I can't remember what state he's in or even if he's in the UK, but he uh, he always wears uh, a yellow rubber ducky on his helmet. It's like glued <laughs> on top of his helmet. That's <laughs> so, great. And then this uh, this guy I just did a podcast with a few days ago. It just came – I think it that's the uh, video that came out last night. He's in North Carolina. You know, he's fairly close. He uh, he does – on his, and he has a YouTube channel. So when he edits – and he does a lot of sniping and stuff. Okay. When he edits, he does like video game sounds – in the uh you know like in the shots and stuff oh yeah yeah it really changes it up it, it, i you know i like how he does that stuff so yeah but that i've seen those guys that are like the call of duty you know um uh i can't remember but you know like the heavy with all the gear on with the machine gun juggernaut you know? yes the juggernaut yeah so i've seen you know events where they have somebody like that but uh and there's a lot of surprisingly there's a lot of cosplay people or i guess there's a lot of airsofters that are into cosplay and vice versa right. So, you know, doing those kind of weapons or gear would be really fun, you know? Yeah. So yeah, another thing right. that I noticed as, as it was, you know, getting back into the game, uh, one of those things that has changed a bunch is the emphasis on what type of guns people prioritize as far as the, the, how they work. So I'm noticing there's a lot of a trend of trying to optimize the functionality, the efficiency and performance of the gun uh, in lieu of um, like high realism, as far as the manual of arms of the gun, yeah. real steel, or the recoil, or the the noise and whatnot, or the ammo capacity, of which there's nothing wrong with, and I I think it's it's they're you know uh, it's great. Um, yeah. But back when I played, 
there was a much bigger emphasis on um, hard kicking blowback guns where the slide actually or the, the bolt actually comes as far back as the real one does. You know, blowing tons of gas on a heavy bolt so you could feel <laughs> that recoil. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite guns, I didn't own it, it was a friend of mine that had it and I, I borrowed it every chance I got. It was a um, a CO2 um, Uzi or mini Uzi. I think it was actually the full-size Uzi. Yeah. And this thing was so hard-kicking and so loud. Um, I, we played some uh, – the, the field we played at the most, they, it was an outdoor field, but it had some indoor structures like this big concrete building that was used as a shoot house. So very loud and echoey in there. Right. And I swear sometimes with this thing it was so loud and it kicks so hard because it kicks so hard you couldn't hit stuff with it that much, but it was so <laughs> loud that when you you know uh, let off a burst down a hallway, some people called themselves out just cuz it was so loud and they just assumed <laughs> that they got hit. <laughs> it was really fun to use. The you thing... know they felt the shock wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um oh it, my it was gosh. It was percussive. Now the thing was so gas inefficient. The the stick mags were like forty rounds, and um, you'd put the the twelve gram CO two cartridge in the mag, right. and it blew so much gas to send that bolt flying back. It maybe you'd maybe get thirty rounds if you were lucky. <laughs> I was gonna say it probably wouldn't even empty the mag. No, yeah, you'd run out of gas before you ran out of BBs in the mag for sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, but it was it was so worth it just because of how loud and awesome the thing was. Right. Whereas nowadays, and I started talking with Rotter about about it. Um, and I was like, I just don't, I don't see any of that stuff out here. When I look on the internet, there's no uh -uh. kind of emphasis on it. Or the big thing that was cool was uh, shell ejecting airsoft guns. Oh yeah, um, that was big, uh, really cool. It's like if you had one of those, kid. Um, I've and never, nowadays... so I've never seen one. I've never been around one. We've never gotten one. But it was, uh, it was one of the guys I do a podcast with. I, I think I've done three or four of them, and he has a ton of guns. He's been playing airsoft since the mid '90s. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and he never got, like, a standard M4. He always wanted something, you know, kind of different and right. uh, unique. You would love this guy's gun collection, I'm telling you. He's got a <laughs> – but he was talking in the uh, last podcast I did with him, uh, like, two weeks ago, whatever, that uh, he was talking about that, where he took one on the field, a shell ejecting, and he said, man, I tried it. It just – it's not practical. He's like, then I'm trying to look around for these shells. Like, they're just in the leaves, and, I, I you know, it's like – and they're expensive to buy. Like it's right. just not, it's not practical. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it, most it, people don't have the blow. Like a lot of people don't even have blowbacks anymore. Like pistols, yeah. But the uh, their rifles, it's either HPA or AG, and most of them, you know, because you can get AGs with or AGs with the, uh, you know, I guess they can be selective. Uh, yeah. You know, you can you can choose to have it on blowback. You know, it's electric blowback. Right. But right. Uh, it's not the same as what you're talking about. But a lot of people but, don't choose to do that because it drains the battery. And even with the pistols, uh, I see uh, I, this was not a thing back then. It was people short-stroking the slides to get the a higher cyclic rate and the lower gas yeah. consumption. Nobody did that back then uh, when I played because that was the cool factor is that it's, it's <laughs> blowing that slide back. You feel the yeah, recoil. You exactly. see the gun move back. Um, that, was, that was cool. Any, you know, if you were short-stroking it. Um, it's just like, oh, you, you're, you know, you, you want to just try to, you know, save on gas and be, be cheap on gas. You don't want to have the full <laughs> experience. Whereas nowadays it's like, yeah, I want to save on gas and be able to sling more BBs downrange. I don't care what it feels like. So it's yeah. just, I've noticed there, there's a difference, um, in the trend, you know, it's, it's a different, it seems, you know, you know, different generation of, of airsofters yeah. and it's just things have shifted and I, I kind of got left behind in my 10 year high. <laughs>
Um, well, they're more we'll get... about. I mean, they are, you know, most airsofters. The the one standard that's never changes. They still want to look cool. They want to do the tactical, right, right, you know, with the gear, uh, and the guns gotta look cool. But it's, uh, you know, as far as the shooting stuff, it's it's all about precision, accuracy, how far, and how fast or whatever, you know. So uh, those, you know, there, there's a lot of changes with that for sure. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Um... The other, the flip side is, um, I didn't think about this back then when I played, but I thought about it now because long since being out of airsoft, uh, a lot of real guns, um, and have gotten into you know like ta- uh, tactical firearms training, you know, build, nice. building, you know, building muscle memory uh, to you know clear malfunctions yeah. and run guns and stuff. And as, as I've started thinking about getting back into airsoft, you know, uh, thinking about hey, you know, what if I try and work airsoft to, to be uh, kind of in line with, you know, training and, and practice for my real firearms. So focus on airsoft guns that mimic the exact same manual of arms as my, re- like, like the real steel counterpart or having an airsoft gun version of the real steel thing that I train with so that when I'm going and playing airsoft, um, I'm not doing something that interferes with the muscle memory I try to build in training with a real gun. I've, I've thought about those kind of things too. Yeah. I, I, it's not as, as huge a deal for me because on you know, the airsoft is be a fun, you know, relaxing game. It's not really like tr- hardcore training. Um, but I've, I've thought about that and it's like, ah, it might be cool to try to use airsoft and implement like expensive way to at least keep the, the, the manual of arms, uh, yeah. you know, a weapon manipulation. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something I've thought about. Um, you know, it might give some consideration to it. But I also like the idea of just trying to every time I go out in the field, go out with a gun that nobody's ever seen before. That, you know, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. unique, one of a kind. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that's so I, cool. it's, I've thought about the that only, kind of stuff. The only thing that I can think of that uh, kind of you know off the top of my head that would be um, you know maybe like a bad habit, I guess, is uh, if you wanted to get really quick with your you know draw up you know and, and sight alignment sight picture kind of thing you know uh quickly is with real steel like you got to use the sights and airsoft yeah. i know people say they use the sights but they don't now if you got I a didn't. red dot and the things <laughs> is like super accurate maybe but uh most people just watch the bb so you're right. kind of like you're not really focused on your sight you know your sight picture and uh and sight alignment and stuff so it's uh so that's a big but Everything else you could use, you know, on for real gun, you know, gun training, like pistol, yeah. like draw, you know, those uh, a lot of those replica pistols uh, weigh the same, or, yeah. you know, really close to the same uh, as a real gun. Obviously not, you know, without uh, with an empty mag, I guess, you know, because a real gun with all the ammo in it is, is a lot heavier. But right. Uh, but yeah, you can get all your muscle memory, you know, draw. Like all your practice, I, I recommend like there's uh, guys I work with all the time that always ask me about because <clears throat> they know I was in the military and they ask me about like, you know, safety, gun safety and stuff. And I'm like, uh, get an airsoft gun. Like seriously, go get if And these guys, you know, these are some people that have never used a handle a weapon ever. Right. And they want to go buy a real gun. Especially last year when all the riot stuff was going on, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, and I'm like, uh, go buy a toy gun for real. Go buy a cheap ass toy gun and practice with that. And don't put your finger on trigger every time you pick it up. Mm-hmm. Don't put your finger on. Do that for a week, okay? Yeah. Then do it for two weeks, and then don't do it, and then start it again the next week, 
<clears throat> see if you remembered when you pick it up not to go like this. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, a lot of shootings, you know, accidental shootings, man, they're, they're, they're more common than the average person like you and me or whatever getting our house broke into and shooting a, an enemy. Uh, right. You know, it's actually you shoot yourself, you shoot your friend, whatever, you know. Most of them aren't fatal, but they're, uh, you know, still, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, th those negligent discharges can be very serious, yeah. and it, it goes a long way to do somebody to the you know, those fundamental principles yeah. of firearm safety is, you know, finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire, treat yeah. it like it's loaded, never point it yeah. at anything. You know, it's, it's like, as long as you're following those rules, nothing can really bad happen. As Even if you break one rule on its own it, nothing catastrophic will happen if you right. accidentally put your right. finger on the trigger but you've kept it pointed in a safe direction you'll exactly. have an you'll have an nd but at least you didn't pop somebody yep. in the kneecap on accident correct um, you know and that, those simple things uh, that you, that can even be taught to young kids with their nerf guns just teaching them trigger discipline yeah, exactly. um, and and muzzle awareness that that right. it's it's so simple but it goes such a long way um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great concept to say. Hey, when even if really young kids or people who've never been exposed to them, if they've got toy guns around, um, you know, have them start learning, uh, you know, gun safety with that. Um, yeah, yeah that's, I think that's why a lot idea. of fields have started this, uh, you know, barrel sock thing. Yeah, now, yeah. South Carolina, like we don't, you know, I don't think any of the fields here do it, but uh, some of the states have started that where you have to have it. You know, California, of course, had it forever because they're communists. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, and I honestly, I understand that rule. I, I really do. There's a lot of younger players. There's a lot of inexperienced, you know, like players that are inexperienced with just regular, you know, weapons. So there's not trigger discipline or, you know, muzzle discipline. So they're like pointing it wherever, walking around with it. And they don't, they don't know, like they, they go somewhere and they just show up and they're in the staging area where no one has, you know, where they're all chronoing. And they have a mag in, like this thing's ready to go, like locked yeah. and cocked and ready to rock. And then they got, they're standing there with their finger on trigger. They blast somebody in the face. You're like, bro, <laughs> come yeah. on. So they, you know, I, I can understand those, uh, those rules being implemented, but you know, some of this stuff, I really love how, uh, once these younger guys get into this stuff, you know, the airsoft thing, they, they teach like on these fields, they teach all this basic safety, you know, when they do the safety briefing. Right, right, right. Like always have from this point on, have your safety goggles from this point back. Gun has to be cleared and that, yeah. you know, and what does that mean? Right. And so, and they teach them like no magazine, no, you know, clear your weapon, make sure there's no BBs in it. Uh, take your battery out, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, they're they're getting some good, uh, training that way, which yeah. is really smart. You know, one of my friends, he was talking about his, uh, somebody he knows that was like anti-gun. You know, like yeah. real steel gun, whatever. And I'm like, you know, even if somebody, because they have kids, <clears throat> this person he was talking about, and I'm like, even if you're anti-gun, you know, whatever side you're on with that, I know it's been politicized like a, like crazy. It shouldn't be because the, the, the fact is they're not going away. Right. You're not going to uninvent them, okay? Uh, the chances uh, statistically that your son or daughter will be exposed to them in their lifetime is going to be really high. So I always, I mean, of course, out of the military, I wanted to teach my kids gun safety anyway at a young age, but because I knew we'd have guns around the house. But even if I was like not for that, I would have still taught them that because I know the chances that they're going to, I treat it like them driving a car. 
Like yeah. you're not going to uninvent cars. They're going to be using cars. They're going to be in someone's car, even if they don't get their license and drive. They're still going to be in someone's car. They're going to be on the road somewhere with somebody. Uh, teach them some kind of you know safety with these weapons or you know just like cars. So uh, you don't have to be for or against it, whatever. But teach your kids like how to handle that thing in case they come in contact with it and they know this kind of basic stuff. So these guys show up at the airsoft field, they have no clue, and they're just like, what's going on? <laughs> you know? Yep. I did see a lot of that at that one game I played where it's, you know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to be every single kid's dad. It's like, you know, they're, they're right. toy guns. I'm not going to go tell every single kid I see, like, hey, you shouldn't. You don't want to be the, 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 like that. the male Karen out there going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point your, what are you doing? <laughs> it was just, it, but it was just, you know, hard for me not to notice and be like, there's a lot of fingers on triggers when people are just kind of walking around and standing around and, you know, I know it's not the biggest deal because they're, they're toy guns. People have got their, their face masks on and yeah. they're out in the field. But, um, yeah, it's something that's like, I, I you know, it'd be great to see more kids just instinctually having that, that trigger discipline just because smart thing to do. Even yeah. if, whether it's a toy gun or a real gun, you could still injure people with a toy gun. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah, you get shot at, uh, you know, well, even that gun you've got, you know, 400 FPS, um, you know, with a point two was still... I think hurts. Uh, well, I've had you know, a lot of injuries. Feet away. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've had a lot of injuries. I've got some really great pictures too from back in the day of getting shot very close up with very very high power guns because you know a lot half the games I played were like these pickup games with friends where we just said it's kind of anything goes airsoft. We didn't like right. the minimum engagement distance. Have fun. No. So yeah, well, no, <laughs> we don't need that rule. You're, yeah, you're so, like a, you're young and you're you're invincible and that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got I've got pictures of um, where it was my friend's um, M60 that was I, it was somewhere between 450 and 500 FPS, and I got Man. lit up with like a 25 round burst from 15 feet away in oh the dark. Oh my god! Didn't oh. even see it coming, and it put holes in my shirt, and I had I nice like it. you know bloody holes in my arm. I had uh, like these these streaks across my my neck that were were gouged <laughs> oh out and bleeding. Um, the best one was at a public field. It was actually a, a I believe it was on a day. Me and my friends were playing in a tournament, and it was just outside of the CQB area that I got shot with a, a sniper rifle from very close. I, I must have been somewhere on the order of like thirty feet, and um, it went just below my eye pro. I, I'm oh. sure I could find the picture of it. And yeah, it was just like all the blood running down my face, yeah. that nice big hole in my cheek. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's you, you can you can sustain injuries from them, that's for sure. For sure, yeah. That's uh, that was one thing different about paintball. Now paintball hurt, and we were proud of our welts. Uh, and I did have some blood blisters from it, but I never bled from it. Right. But, uh, BBs, you know, I, I remember when uh, we first started. I've told this. Anyone listening to this right now? Uh, or watching this, I apologize. I've told this story like a hundred times, but <laughs> this, uh, we started our channel. I was a paintballer. I was always ragging on these guys about, you know, this, this thing, there's no way this stuff hurts. You know, right. I'm doing all the editing I'm doing all the filming. I'm like setting, you know, like, here, you guys do this. Let's, let's do a review on this gun, you know? So I was kind of like doing the channel part and, uh, and they were doing the airsoft playing stuff. So, uh, I was like, there's no way this hurts. It, this I've seen these fly through the air. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So one day I'm, you know, I'm drinking like always. I got a Bud Light in my hand. I'm like, just shoot my hand. So I put it out like this. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On my tendons, bro. Like this with a fist. Okay. 
we That's had just got this uh we were doing a review on this uh world war ii era or the 1950s era whatever uh sterling so side fed mag you know <clears throat> 90 round mag mid mid cap and uh, the thing was shooting 380 fps with uh with point twos which isn't you know super high but full auto this thing's shooting like 18 rounds a second <clears throat> so i was like unload the whole mag go you know, I know the whole <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah now it took I, I had to talk to i was i had to convince them to do it because they were like it's gonna hurt I, I don't care i bet it won't hurt bro i got pictures i think in uh like three podcasts ago i did a video i was i was talking to some girl from the uk and told her the same story and i, I put a picture of my hand in the uh in the video i think but anyway it was bad bleeding yeah. i mean blood okay all over it looked like i got attacked by hornets that were just gnawing at my hand or something i don't know but uh it hurt and i couldn't make a fist for like a week yeah so it was uh but anyway yeah i i well, had to learn the hard way while you were talking there i found the the picture with the the shot just below the eye Dang. i can there we go yeah yeah there you go <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's uh that's after i wiped all the uh the blood off of it and it yeah. still kept bleeding yeah it looked a lot worse when i first came and checked it out <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's uh you're lucky it didn't get stuck in your cheek yeah <laughs> yep that was a gnarly one <laughs> i just saw this video on um instagram this guy had uh he's standing here like this he's looking up at the camera and then you see these fingers come in like this from behind and somebody starts pushing like this on his lip and they're put or no it's his eyebrow it's eyebrow and they're pushing and like at first i mean you see like a red mark but you don't see anything and they're pushing they're squeezing hard bro and then all of a sudden this bb comes out you couldn't even it was so far in there you couldn't see it oh, and i was no. like oh it made me cringe yeah i was like bro okay wear a, wear a face mask bro <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I've never had it that bad where I had to dig a BB out like that. They would just yeah. tear me up like uh, pretty good, but ooh, I can't <laughs> even imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky that uh, I just, I guess I got a good lesson. I should have just had him shoot me in the arm where it's like yeah. you know soft and you know the muscle whatever. But those tendons were wrecked for you know at least a week. But uh, it, it was a good lesson for me because I talked shit from the day they started playing <laughs> until that day, and I never did again. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, velocity matters. I got it, you know? Yep. Yeah, now I'll still, um, you know, and, uh, so I, my brother came to visit the other week, and I uh, I'd bought my first soft gun since starting playing again at the, the field there at Eskew. I'd gotten a, um, what is it called, the AAP-01? The yep. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So Robert had recommended them and said, hey, if you want something that's really cheap, it'll really be good right out of the gate. Get that. Uh, I always like, if I if I have a new gun I'm going to use, I like to be shot with it. It's like, if I'm going to shoot somebody else with it, I want to at least know, you know, how bad it hurts. So, you know, for the first time in eons, my brother and I did the do back in the when we were kids. Like, all right, let's take turns. You know, <laughs> you know pull, pull your shirt taut on your back or, you know, see if Ooh. you can't flinch. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we. My brother was like, "Oh yeah, that hurts more than." I <laughs> oh yeah. Now is this your older brother or younger brother? I got younger I got brother? one younger brother. Yeah. Okay. 
So you're so, the oldest, uh, oldest, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was bringing back old old memories. And, uh, I I don't think he's gonna try to play on his own in Florida because he still lives in Florida. Yeah. Um, and because uh, I don't think he he has anybody to really play with down there. There's into it. Uh, uh, but I think we're we're gonna try to um, I'm gonna try to fix up his old gun, the the legendary G36 with the paint can. Yeah. Um, so that he can use it while he's up here, and I can start working on getting you know something new going on. That would be awesome, dude. Um, I I thought it'd be cool. I saw people doing it of using these um, uh, these AEPs and uh, making uh, like these carbines out of them and stuff. And I thought that looked super cool. Some of the things I've seen where they're like putting a folding stock on it and yeah. the foregrip, the drum mag. And I started thinking, man, that would be super cool um, to kind of juice the thing up a little bit. Um, yeah, I've, I've thought about I think, doing that. You know, is that a did I say classic army? I think that's a army armament. This is action army. Action army. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I think I said this <laughs> in the last podcast because I was watching. and I was like, "Oh shit!" I said classic army. What am I doing? It's like stuck in my head for some reason. I always say the wrong thing. Okay, yeah, that's it. I was gonna but say, anyway, like, it's I don't their, it's their first. Their first pistol. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, I don't remember classic army having that back in the day. Well, you know what made me think of it was uh, when you looked funny. I was like. Oh shit! Did I say that wrong again? Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. I think I'm I uh, in my eagerness to try the thing out and kind of forgetting how gas blowbacks were. Um, I I think I might already need to um, replace the um, what do you call it the the piston uh, head is that the, the the little rubber seal that slides back and forth in there because a I took it right out of the box and wanted to shoot a couple mags through it. And yeah. I, I assumed that it had some sort of lubrication in there. It didn't. And uh, then I was like, oh, well, I know silicone stuff is good. So I went and got some silicone spray, spray and put it in there. And I was like, oh, it worked well at first, but after it sat around a few days, it's kind of looking a little gummy in there. And I started, like, looking back on the line and, like, you know, oh, there's, like, 100% silicone oil that, you know, that's right. what was good for airsoft. Not my, uh, you know, like, um, you know, generic, uh, like, Lowe's silicone spray so right i might have to right. break the thing apart and try to clean that stuff out and maybe yeah. you know, people i think it was saying like the the teflon spray sometimes makes the rubbers swell up or something like that so right. i might i might already have to learn a hard lesson and go and replace some, some parts <laughs> in it out of my, my yeah luckily bit. though that's just like an o-ring you know no big deal you know yeah little things like that they had a the ap is ones had a uh, an issue with the hammer uh, snapping or you know breaking oh, okay. in like the burst fire or full auto whatever and uh, the review we did on that gun was actually a loner from one of the guys you definitely need to talk to okay uh, about the HPA stuff and, yeah yeah uh, yeah so like the Kythera build and all that uh, if you look back on our channel if you just search in uh, like in our review playlist or whatever we uh, we did he's a, he lives in Piedmont okay, okay. so it's not far He's been on. He's been probably in two or three videos of ours, and uh, he one of his first videos he was in. He did a uh, Kythera build, and he brought it over and showed us a whole step by step of what he did, you know. And and then we ended up you know shooting and stuff. But uh, he had to do a lot of Dremel work and everything to get everything to fit in the gearbox, you know. But, I think um, I might have actually watched that video because I was okay. trying to catch up on some of your videos. Was that that kind of long video where you guys had the it's out there and. Um, I yeah. think there was even some sort of hop-up issue that the guy was yep. having uh, yep. mid-video. Yeah, yeah, I think I bucking, actually watched the that The bucking video. got, you know, twisted yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a good guy to talk to. So y'all, I mean, you're on our Discord already. So yeah. uh, he is uh, he is uh, tugboat captain. Tugboat captain. Okay, that's, our, yeah, that's, that's memorable. I'll remember that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he, he, he's very knowledgeable about that stuff. And he, you know, he likes tinkering with, you know, those kind of things. And when he does it, he does it right. You know, he'll get it set up and he knows he does a lot of research. He cool. also made in, in that video, I think he talked about it. Uh, he also made a, uh, homemade suppressor kind of thing with uh, little foam rings and stuff in there. Right. Right. And, um, with like chicken wire in the inside kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah, he's, he's really good to talk to, but there's, there's a handful of, uh, uh, guys on our discord you know the, you know viewers or whatever that follow us on our on our uh, youtube channel that are way more knowledgeable than any of us on our channel and uh a lot more experience a lot more experience with tech and working on stuff and uh they're they're really good so if you ever have a question you know you can post it in there we have different you know channels in the server that you could ask questions you know and and post pictures and ask hey what about this you know robert does it all the time yeah and uh yeah it's really helpful because i always see these comments like bro this guy's like an encyclopedia of you know tech stuff on the air <laughs> so i'm like i don't even heard of these parts he's talking about but uh but like i said i was on the video and editing end so right. i wasn't really experienced with airsoft until uh these guys started and i was i started tinkering with some of their guns that would break on the field and uh you know i was i wasn't working at the time i was recovering from you know, an illness. So I, I, uh, I had all this time to work on it. So I'm like, yeah, drop it off on my desk. I'll work on it. Uh, I didn't know what I was asking because some of these gearboxes <laughs> start taking them apart and then just springs go out, you know, gears fall out. I lose a spring here and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I remember, I, I remember my first and only time ever breaking apart an AEG gearbox. And it was yeah. to do some upgrades on that old classic army M4 that I started out with. I was like, it's time to get some some new power out of this thing, and um, I, I thought, wow, I want to get some more, some more oomph out of it because it was only like 330 FPS, and I was like, I wanted to bring this thing up to the 400 club. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget, like, oh, I pull this screw out, pull this screw out, and I start, you know, peeling it apart, and boom! <laughs> <laughs> that mainspring just yes. out across the kitchen. Oh yeah. Oh, that was oh, and it was just so frustrating. My dad had to come and help. We had to have like fifteen hands and oh, pry tools and stuff. Yes. And I was when we finally got it back together, and I was like, okay, it seems to be working okay. Please work, I, please work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I vowed when it was finally working to just never ever crack one open again. That was oh yeah, not worth the effort. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you a huge thing that has changed that will make your life a hundred percent easier if you want to change like your uh, FPS or whatever is the quick change spring system so okay. yeah most of the gearboxes now have a quick change spring system so in the back so when you look at the gearbox yeah in the very back you know right in line with the piston in the spring the uh there's a uh i don't even know what what the part's called i've done it a you know ton of times like take them out but uh it just has like a hex head uh fitting in it okay okay uh, there's, it's not a bolt. It's built into the, you know, it's, uh, molded into the piece that okay. holds like the back, uh, the back of the spring. Yeah. So, and it's got a, um, an opening that, you know, it's kind of like a slotted opening. So you push it in, turn it so that it's like a key and then it, okay. and then you just slowly, you know, release the spring and the spring comes right out. You don't even have to 
take the uh, gearbox apart. Wow. Oh, I'm telling you, bro, you'll be like, holy, because that spring right there <laughs> is what, you know, is the hard part about taking the, the gearbox apart. All just that tension, to, just trying to blow the thing yeah, apart. Yeah. yeah, and so you're like, you start prying it, and you try to get something inside there to hold it down while you, you know, pop it off. But, yeah, the quick change spring system is a really, really common thing now with uh, newer gearboxes. Yeah, you're going to wow. love that if you ever try to do upgrades. But your old one now, you know, be careful that. that yeah, I doubt I'm ever going to crack that. Yeah, I doubt I'm ever going to crack that thing open. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it how it is. That's cool, though. Where was that when I was doing this stuff? Oh, my then? God. Well, then... Uh, so ICS came out with a um, a split gearbox system. So okay. it's uh, the gearbox is in two pieces. So you got Ooh. the bottom. You know how it's you know you got your gearbox with the the you know the uh, the tube on top, and then it kind of you know shoots down like this with all the gears. Your, your motor is yeah. Yeah, all that's separate. So you've got exposed and exposed gear. Uh, your top gear yep. that drives the. I, I think it's called. I can't remember what it's called now, but uh, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The uh, the top gear that drives the uh, piston, yeah, uh, is sticking up just enough out of that you know sh lower part of the uh, of the gearbox to uh, to expose you know to go inside to line up with oh. the with, yeah. So when you you pull out the back pin and it just pivots out, so you leave the front uh, pin uh, guide pin in, and then you just break the gun open. So oh, now your lower cool. is just sitting here with your, you know, pistol grip. Your upper comes up. You've got the piston up in top that's secured in, right, with your spring and everything. And then you yeah. got your gears down here. So then you put it back together and the gear just, you know, sits in there. Like it's a really, really nice setup. You know? That's cool. Yeah. Really easy to work on. Wow. Yeah, because most people change their spring. That's what, yeah. one of the most common things. They'll change their spring. They'll change their barrel. You know, hop up obviously, but right. The uh, the gears most of the time they leave alone. You know, yeah. Like they'll leave the gears in. They'll change the motor. You know, if they want to do a you know a better kind of motor or whatever. But right. most of the time they'll leave the gears alone unless it breaks. But um, they'll uh, yeah. So that that top part it just pops up and then yeah. quick cool. change spring system. So it's just pop the spring mm -hmm. out. You can literally change your spring on the fly, like in the field with the uh, ICS. You know, with one of wow. those. That's it's like, that fast, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Wow. It's a good setup. That's yeah. cool. I'm, that's 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 great to see so many uh, technological advancements in all the the, the game and the gear since I was playing. Because oh, if yeah. that stuff was out back then, either I hadn't heard of it or I heard of it and I saw, oh, that's like the super expensive Gucci stuff that I'm never going to get a hold right. of. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, things are way more accessible now, obviously, with uh, internet, social media, and, like, you know, all these different ways you can find out things. Right. And, uh, you know, most of the things, honestly, like, I don't know the the model numbers of things and the, you know, the right barrel, whatever. I know type or barrel and stuff, but, uh, and I know, I understand how they work, but I don't know the names of this stuff. When people, you know, swap out parts, I'm like, they'll tell me, and I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> people, when I ask people to do a podcast, you know, I'll text them or, you know, through uh, like Instagram or something like that. And they're like, well, I haven't been playing for long. I'm not, I don't really know a lot of the names of this and that. I'm like, but we're not talking tech here. I don't know how right. shit I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> like, bro, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be, uh, you'll be really surprised once you get back into it, you know, looking all that yeah. stuff up. Yeah. No, it's, it's been really cool. I've been trying to do my research, see what's new out there. Um, 
the thing that I've really been thinking about getting back into it, obviously I want to start, you know, using my 3D printer to, uh, you know, make the, the chassis for the HPA and make, you know, make custom accessories and stuff like that. Um, the big thing that I've been wanting to start getting into is uh, maybe designing some guns from scratch. So I, I have a bit of a background in, in manufacturing uh, fabrication, okay. uh, like, like machine shop type stuff. Nice. And um, a lot of times I'll look at an airsoft gun that's on the market and I'll see like, oh, if they'd done this a little different, they'd done this a little different. Like I would, I would much rather if this way. And when I was a kid and I had these ideas, I had no hope of ever trying to make something like that. I didn't know anything high-end professional manufacturing and stuff like that. Right. Um, but having been through school um, and, uh, you know, learned a, a ton about that stuff now, um, I thought, well, I have the know-how to, to do this stuff now. Right. Um, and, you know, if I decided to invest in, in even some modest uh, machining equipment like I used to, you know, you know use in school, I could start trying to actually make some, you know, production prototypes of some, some full metal mechanisms and stuff. Because, you know, I, I see a lot of these guns where it's like, oh, buy this gun and understand the plastic parts in here. There are This is going to break this plan ahead to buy this after I think well gosh why can't I just have a gun that comes out of the box that's got all that stuff in there yeah um, so like, I don't have it's to it's gonna last me a year or something yeah so I don't have to plan ahead to upgrade it because I'm like well the, AA, the AAP01 is cool and all I start seeing like oh you know get this um, you know this metal um, uh, hammer group and stuff and oh go and you know plan ahead that eventually you're gonna um, what was it I think the um the, the, the nozzle or something like that. And, and I, okay. I saw a few things about that. And I started thinking, like, man, I want to just have a gun that's just... I mean, even if it's a little more expensive, yeah. be able to just have a product that when I buy it, I'm never going to have to upgrade it again. Which, you know, come to think of it, as I've been learning about all the new names in Airsoft, it seems that was kind of the idea behind some of the, the Novrich guns, which apparently yeah. he's a very polarizing guy in Airsoft. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole unnecessarily. Yeah, I don't understand um, that. I've always liked his channel yeah. and stuff I don't, I don't know but yeah that, that was perplexing but in any case i thought <laughs> i had the same idea i was like i want to you know how cool would it be to make an airsoft gun that's marketed as no upgrades necessary this thing can it will be indestructible and super high performance um so i thought about doing that um of, of seeing if i could start designing something novel uh, a different mechanism or something uh, for like a gas blowback that's you know right. maybe all all metal or um, you know for, for for durability and power, um, and uh, or or just design some guns that are are maybe on the more expensive end, but they're reliable and they do something unique that you just don't see anymore. So one of the things I was always super fond of when I was growing up playing airsoft, and I they, they seem non-existent now, is a lot of the the Marushin guns that were like the semi-auto shell ejecting ones. Oh yeah, shot shotguns. Shell ejecting shotguns is something that I thought was super cool. I'm sure yep. you know most people would say they're they're not practical because, like you're saying, oh these shells cost like five dollars a piece. <laughs> yeah. I just lost one in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, maybe I would be the only person who would actually enjoy using. It. I told Robert about this. Robert looked at me like I was a crazy person. I said <laughs> I want to make a viable, actually high performance, uh, shell ejecting semi-auto shotgun. I've only seen one that I could find on the internet in existence. And it was Marushin that made it. And it was a, even M or something like that. Okay. Um, super, super weak. 
it looked like it was you know a lot of plastic internals the shells were expensive right. the fps was was pitiful um it, it just kind of you know <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, it, it was built like like actual shotgun shells where you would you know um put the bbs in the shell right. uh, the gas was held in the stock and you'd have like a paper oh, wadding right. on the front and it would just kind of lob the bbs out the barrel it with yeah. not a lot of power but it did right. eject the shells and you loaded them just like a shotgun and it, it cool. was a, a semi-auto or a pump semi-auto oh shit yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it was a Marushin M1100 or M1180. Oh, some some number that like that. Yeah, I've never it's, seen one. Yeah, the, the only videos I can find on it are super old. I think they're like like Red Wolf Soft is one of the only YouTube oh, yeah. channels I saw that was doing a review on it from seven years ago, ten years ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it seems that Mar Marushin in general site's been down for years or something that. Like, okay. uh, they, and that was their thing. Is that apparently is that you know most of their guns were the uh, cool you know blowback shell ejecting replicas. Um, and I thought, well, I want to make a a shell ejecting shotgun, you know, something that actually shoots like a dozen BBs out, as opposed to these like tri shot shotguns that I've seen. Right. Where it's like, eh, it, it doesn't do it for me. Um, the closest thing I've seen where that actually has some half decent performance yeah. was a. I couldn't tell you the name of the brand, but I, I know Navrish did a couple of videos showcasing this one where um, I can't remember. I've seen some where the shells themselves, you charge them up with gas, and I've seen others. Yeah. I think this was the one where you charge up either the pistol grip or the stock. Uh, it was a pump action, but it actually okay. shot like 9 or 12 BBs or something like that. It had a paper wad. But again, the, the same problem it suffered from was that the shells cost several dollars a piece. Right. And when you're ejecting shells that cost more than yeah. you know real double out buck, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> exactly. Even by today, like even with today's ammo price, shotgun right. shells cost twice as much as what I can get high quality, you know, full power double out buck for. Yeah, um, exactly. So I I started thinking, well, how could I make something that could still give you the fun factor of shell ejecting? Right. Um, uh, without you feeling nervous about losing, because that ruins your playing. Yeah, yeah. I thought, man, well, 3D printing is really cheap nowadays. It can, you know, for, for short-term stuff, you know, not like when you're not having really high production, it can be way cheaper than having injection multiple parts. So I thought, I, I had this idea, thought, how cool would it be if I could design a gas-powered, maybe even HPA, you know, built into the stock or something, yeah. shotgun, whether it be pump or semi-auto, where it's marketed as having an open-source design for the shells, a type of shell that can be 3D printed easily, doesn't take a whole lot of filament, and is, it, it works right. to hold the BBs in and can be made all plastic so that when that, you know, whatever nozzle um, put the gas in and shoot stuff out, um, or, or maybe even that the, that nozzle is really tight tolerances on the shell something yeah. something like that where the shell literally just holds bbs and doesn't have to have any metal um you know uh gas fittings in it yeah where the shells could actually be really cheap and maybe the you know plastic shells that could be reused if you do pick them up maybe you put like i've seen some people put like these net kind of hang over the side of the ejection port shell catchers for stuff like that oh right right um, right you know, but you know, if you do that or you pick up your shells, they can be reused. But if you do lose them, you just 3D print a new one for like 15 cents of plastic. <laughs> yeah. um, and I thought, well, that would make it a lot more of an enjoyable experience to have that cool factor of a shell ejecting right. airsoft gun. Um, it would certainly make it more good for me because I don't want a dollar 
you know, uh, yeah. shotgun shells that I have to order off of Evike or whatever. Um, so that was a, that was an idea that I had. And again, Robert looked at me like, you're a crazy person. You're the only person on the world that would buy that. But I thought, <laughs> man, if I could make it good enough, maybe yeah. some, some people, you know, that, that do like that kind of cool factor were like, yeah, it's not practical, but I want fun with it out in the field. Uh, I, I thought if, if I could, you know, over, while I started getting back into airsoft, you know, meeting people out in the field, um, you know, if I could gauge the interest in that sort of gun, like, hey, if this if this were right available to buy, would you even, you know, would you have fun playing with something like that? Would you even right. buying it? And um, I don't know. I've had the thought if there's enough interest, and I think ah, oh, maybe I could actually design a gun that people would want to buy. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and finally make the you know the justification to go buy myself that that milling machine that lathe that you know plasma cutter you know like i used to, yeah. to use in in school and, and stuff and uh you know start making these kind of prototypes and stuff making you know own custom you know gas systems and stuff um, yeah i could see somebody using that for like the uh like a specialty class yeah on a mill sim you know a special event or something you know like uh balahack uh, balahack airsoft you know swamp sniper has those uh those special like zombie events every year yeah yeah or, yeah you know different kind of you know and a lot of fields do are starting to do that you know more of that where they're doing uh, these special events you know that are kind of like themed or whatever for something and you'll have special classes of you know play player types or whatever and i've seen guys roll with uh, shotguns yeah even in mill sims you know they're like a you know like a support player that runs up and does the close stuff or they'll guard the you know, they'll be standing there guarding as your, you know, your team's take or your fire team, whatever, is taking over one of those checkpoints or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, something like that I could see. Because I, I was thinking about that, too. When I first learned about the uh, shell ejecting ones, I thought, well, why don't they just put, you know, uh, a little bag, a catch bag on the side that just catches it. You know, like the P90, when the the real steel P90 first came out, they, they marketed it as the, uh, you know, the stealth kind of like uh, accurate, you know, a short weapon for you know special forces or you know for CQB stuff where it could be very silent with that you know suppressor on and yeah. you wouldn't have the uh, shells hitting the floor you know making noise so because it had that catch bag but then I thought well what's the point of having a shell ejecting shotgun if you don't see the shell eject right right yeah <laughs> like, it, it takes all the fun it's out for of visual it. effect you know yeah or visual simulation I guess you know it's uh it's like you know, and you see it fly out. Like, that's a cool moment, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there could be uh, something like that with the, um, as especially now that they're starting to, you know, a lot of these fields are starting to do a lot more special events to kind of cater to uh, a bigger crowd, you yeah, know? I think it's super like cool. To, I think it's awesome, yeah. you know? And now we were talking, you know, earlier about, like, the cosplay. You know, a lot of people are into cosplay and stuff. And I think a lot of people would like, to have that mix of yeah they'll they'll go to their couple mill sims you know really big events every year that they have you know three four hundred people and uh and it's full like military simulation like you know right. almost 100 percent you know simulation kind of like and then but have a couple events throughout the year that they go to that they dress up like a you know with different armor with you know like the halo stuff you know you were yeah, talking about yeah or a specialty class with that shotgun that ejects shells, or a sniper that ejects, you know, shells. You know, it'd be kind of cool, man, you know? Especially now that uh, so many people are videoing their gameplay stuff. Oh, you yeah. Know, it'd be really cool on video, for sure. Oh, yeah, it would. And I know, I, from all the videos I've been seeing with stuff people are using out nowadays, I know people spend the money on consumables for Airsoft, uh, yeah. but the use of pyrotechnics. 
oh, nowadays yeah. is so much bigger than the fields I used to play at. I, I just, you know, when I started getting into this this community out here, and I start looking like, what are these tagging rounds? And I look at my first Dude. video of it, and I'm like, whoa! Dude. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have <laughs> even let that on the field back when I played. Those things are <laughs> Oh, man. I had one uh, zip right by my head, uh, the fact that that played just that, that, that whistling of the, oh, yeah. the fuse burning. Uh, and it's like, oh, that's that that feels real. That's cool. And I started yeah, looking. Yeah, we at the... caught we one of our videos. We caught we we did it on slow motion. We caught uh, Chris and uh, Chris shot the round right over the camera. Yeah. And you know, with the external mic on it, and you can in slow motion you hear that whistling. It's a really cool sound. But you know, have you seen the video where uh, speaking of that, where the the guy gets a tag in stuck right here on his. Oh. Oh, that was collar. so bad. It's between his helmet and his I like chest that. rig, oh. and he's like, he sees it, and it, and he's like, and it just goes off. You know, it's an explosive round. It just and he and he just falls over. My understanding and, is it like just gave it like like it kind of um, like stunned him, almost like yeah. like a stun grenade. Eventually, right. I, my everything I heard was that he didn't really sustain any serious injury, but the, right. the concussion just kind of interrupted his nervous yep. system for a second and made him just kind of fall when over. When that video came out, I watched the original and I saw the guy, uh, the guy that was actually, that had the GoPro that filmed it, it was his friend, and he posted all about it, you know, when he posted the video, like, hey, the, he was, you know, my friend was okay, he just kind of like, you know, he got stunned, like yeah. a stun grenade, but uh, yeah, he's totally fine. His ear was ringing for, you know, a couple days. <laughs> I'm sure. I was like, when that thing first happened, it just, I was like, oh, this dude's like knocked out, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, he was fine. But uh, they're very impressive. I, That's one of my favorite things that we've shot. In fact, uh, one of our viewers, we don't have a tag-in launcher. Uh, one of our viewers that lives up, up north, I think in Boston, uh, Mark Patello, he sent us that tag in launcher that he has i think that thing's like 600 bucks by itself and it's just a you know it mounts under your uh on the bottom and uh but it's high quality bro this That's thing cool. is heavy steel like machined aluminum wherever you know whatever it is and it's got the spring you know when you press the button it kicks out to put the grenade in it's a really really solid setup uh the way they have that set up and it's dummy proof to put the the way you put the rounds in and stuff, you know the grenades and um so it is, yeah, he sent us that for, to, to do a review on it, and we had so much fun. We, uh, he sent us a couple dummy rounds and then a couple chalk rounds, you okay. know, which weren't cheap, but he, you know, he sent them to us to use. And then we bought a whole box of the explosive rounds. Right. And uh, when we first shot this thing, I was, I was like, there's no way this thing's going to be like, you know, like what, what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, now, I, you know, I did not want see any videos on it. He sent right. us this, and I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's, I, I was just planning the video. So I didn't look up anything. I didn't see any videos of the explosion, whatever. So the first one that went off, bro, I was like, I mean, in our video that we made, you could see, because I had one of the, you know, cameras facing us. I was like, oh. I think <laughs> like, I, dude. I think I watched a couple of y'all's videos or a couple yeah. of clips where I saw the one where y'all were... You, you were going to try to catch it with a tarp and it just zipped right through it. And you were all, you all were like, Oh shoot. <laughs> yes. And then I saw the one where the, it was the explosive ones and you came and zoomed in on, and it was like a smoking crater. It looked like a fireworks mortar had gone off. Dude. It was so, I could not believe the explosion on these things. And then that chalk round 
was really cool. I did a little short video on that as well because I caught that in slow motion, which turned out really, really cool. The pink uh, smoke and uh, that, yeah, I was, that's probably one of the most impressive uh, airsoft weapons I've, you know, messed around with in the last, since we started our channel. Like it's yeah. been, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff, like if it was around back in our day, if we had known about it, me and my friends would have all been clamoring, wanting it, and nobody, oh. I'm sure nobody would have let us touch that kind of thing back then. <laughs> they would have been like, yeah. that's so unsafe. You guys are yeah. going to, you know, blow your eardrums out. You're going to you know, blow somebody's hand off. Um, but I, I think it's super cool that that stuff's out there. But what that yeah. made me think was, well, gosh, people are really willing to you know, spend a lot on consumable, you know, yeah. use items in Airsoft now compared to back then. They were a little more sparing with it. And I thought, well, maybe there's a chance that maybe just, you know, it hasn't been introduced the right way yet. If I come up with a really cool shell ejecting kind of gun yeah. for that, that has the visual appeal, especially now that... You know, airsoft uh, uh, content creation is so much bigger now. Right. It was it was it was cool and big, you know, back when I played, but it's really really big now. Yeah. Um. I thought maybe maybe there's a chance that people might want to get into it if yeah. the the rounds are a little bit cheaper, especially now that a lot of kids have 3D printers and if they like the idea that they print their own ammo when they lose it, you know, it gets stepped on and crunched yeah. or they lose it in the leaves. Like whereas if they go to play in like indoor areas pull out the, the pump yeah. shotgun or whatever to go clear yeah. a building, their shells are easy to see on the floor. They can right. go back at the end and pick them up and when they use them. Yeah. Uh, but they still know that if they lose a couple, they don't take a huge hit because they're not like $5 a piece. No. They're like 20 cents a piece maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that was an idea that I had. Up over the year or, you know, they bought them over the year, you know, throughout the year. If they went to one big event and tried to, you know, and did that or a couple of big, big events throughout the year. Because, you know, most, most airsofters don't go – uh really expensive um right. you know every weekend you know the mill sims they you know the the tickets are usually 100 150 bucks or something like that right uh and it's a it's a full commitment you know three days you know some of them are like uh full mill sims so it's you know 24 7 for three days you know or you know whatever they call it but you know 36 hours straight you know yeah. event you know it's a huge commitment uh but most people don't do that every, you know, not even once a month. Right. But they'll go, you know, one day events that are, you know, kind of like the one day mill sim or whatever. And, uh, and they're, you know, they'll do that. But the big mill sims, man, where they do these, you know, special events and stuff. Yeah. There's a, I'm sure there's a market for it with all the things that are out now, you know, oh, what yeah. you're talking about with, uh, all these, all, all kind of stuff going on with, uh, airsoft that they're implementing all the time. Oh, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, it's so fun to see the new, uh, the new things coming out. Yeah, now, I got a lot of these cool ideas. It'll be a long time to implement them all. But now that I've gotten into it, like I got bit by the bug again, played my yep. first game, and now my creative brain is just you know going out of control, thinking about all the different things I want to do over time with this stuff. Well, then my next question is: Are you going to restart your uh, channel, your YouTube channel that you started when you were twelve? Um, I've thought about it. Now, um, it, it'll be uh, a, a new YouTube channel. It'll be my you know, Murph Sauce uh, channel because I actually uh, lost access to Pyro Sniper Freak because back when YouTube got um, bought out by Google uh, and had to change everything over to be Google accounts, um, during that time, I was just not messing with my channel right. at all. And Inactive. It had, and it yeah, just, and yeah. the channel was there, and it was like... <clears throat> A month ago, I thought, let me see if I can go and gain control of that thing back. 
And they yeah. said, hey, if it was a pre-Google channel, as long as you could remember the password and you can link it to your Google account, it can be one of these like branded YouTube channels where you like have multiple channels right. hooked up to the same account. And I tried and tried all the different password combinations from yeah. way back in the day. I couldn't remember them and eventually it locked me out. So I think my, so there's some, you know, uh, I, at the time I had deleted some videos off the channel, but a lot of the stuff is still up there from when yeah. I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, but that I, I don't have access to it anymore. So that channel will just been, be living in the archives there. It's, you can yeah. still see them there. It's in um, cyberspace forever. <laughs> yeah, it's there in cyberspace, but I won't be able to touch it anymore. So if I do yeah. start getting content creation with Airsoft, it'll it'll be under uh, Murph Sauce now. Pyro Sniper yeah. Freak is uh, is in the history books. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, that's that's good, man. You know, start fresh. Yeah. So, so you'll yeah. laugh at you'll laugh at this, and and at some point I'm sure I can pull up the link and and show it to you. The the first video idea that I had for airsoft, and I don't think I've seen anybody do this before, and it was it's by today's stands. When I look back at it, it was so cringy and silly. Um, <laughs> what I thought was like, oh, what would be a really cool visually appealing airsoft video? Because I just wanted to like show off the guns and stuff. And it's like, yeah, people like shoot at paper targets or they show the gun and talk gun i thought what would be and my dad helped me you know be creative with it and try to come up with something interesting I'm like what would be really cool and i don't remember what the inspiration was but what we ended up doing i think film was we got old soda cans because back when we were kids you know we thought we, we did the whole thing of like cans and and go and take them to the recycling center get a little spending money yep. so we got some soda cans and we spray painted them and made these like little angry monster faces on them and we filled <laughs> we filled the cans with fake blood and put them up on a pedestal and shot them up with the airsoft guns and filmed it. Uh, filmed it. That was oh, the awesome. yeah. We did two iterations of that uh, the um, the what we called it uh, the mutilation of the monster can. You know, this was <laughs> not monster energy drink, but a physical can right. with a uh, um, like a, a monster face painted on it. And uh, it, we, we, we thought it was hilarious. We thought it was great. The best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, so, so um, uh, I have to give credit to my dad. Uh, that's what he's been doing for a living longer than I've been alive. Okay. Audio video production. So, um, yeah, so what I wanted to do was, you know, I, I got the airsoft done. I was like, oh, you know, this, YouTube was just becoming this big thing. And I was like, ah, how cool it would be to make videos. So my dad, if you want to do it, let me sit you down. I'm going to teach you how to use video editing software. So we, nice. he went and taught me uh, to use, it was uh, Apple's uh, Final Cut Pro um, okay. from way, you know, way back then, you know, we, yeah. we, um, we had Apple computers. Um, that, that was what my, we had in our house because my dad used them for work. Right. And uh, it was, yeah, using Final Cut Pro on an eMac, um, that, that Mac that looks like the nose of a space shuttle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh so he taught gosh. me. He taught me how to use the you know nonlinear editing software, and uh, you know how to do the text. And he helped. He helped me. Uh, like you saw the shaking text in the beginning. Um, he helped me uh, manually animate that with keyframes. Oh my god! Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was before we had like all the plugins and Extra stuff. Tools. For, yeah. Yeah, we manually edited that shaking pattern with keyframes and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, he taught me how to cut it all. Cut. Taught me how to effectively do like the audio fading in and out sounded good and uh, so right out of the gate I had a teacher and since then I've done a lot of video um, other stuff not for yeah. like that old YouTube channel I've I've done a lot of other um, for projects and stuff yeah um, but yeah that was uh, that was my very first YouTube video <laughs> man that is so cool 
I'm, I am glad that even if I don't have control of the uh, YouTube channel anymore, I at least can go back and look. Because I'm sure the original files are, yeah. are long gone. Because uh, those I th were recorded on um, uh, like a camera that actually recorded on tape, believe it oh or not. Oh my gosh. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe it yeah. was a camera that – it was a good camera because, again, my, my dad right. had professional equipment. So uh, right. for being a tape camera, it had it was very high – Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think I – I know I'd recorded some stuff on tape when I was growing up, but yeah, I, I could be misremembering. Maybe that one isn't a one, but um, – Yeah, but still, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, that's pretty cool, though. <laughs> it's from so long ago. And you got it, yeah. And, and you still have this, you know, a, you know, able to go back and look at it and see your younger self. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and look like at that. it and cringe at it a little. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's that's part of life, man. You know, look back it at is. Our, yep. ourselves and go, <laughs> oh, you know. But that's that's pretty good, though, bro. Yeah, I was so that's, I was blessed to have a dad that yeah. was very very skillful that's and he cool. taught me everything and helped me out. So all of my my video editing skills and my, you know, I guess I'll call it like I for, for, you know, you know, video production or whatnot yeah. all comes from at a very early age, my dad trying to teach me everything that he could about it since he saw that I was yeah. passionate about trying to do it. So that Does was, that was still, all him. Is he still involved in that kind of stuff? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Is he still, really? Yeah. He does a lot of, um, uh, free, uh, he, he, so he's worked for um they used to call it campus crusade for christ as a, a um yep. a missionary we had it up where i grew up yeah so that's he's been working there uh longer than i've been alive um but it's since wow. then uh, in more re freelance stuff too he's actually yeah. um done at least one of his own short films um maybe he did a second one i know he did at least one of uh, full like short film that he he went and, and produced uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's his field, that's his industry, and he's really good at it. And he's taught me a lot about it. Now I've always been into taking a lot of pictures. You know, when the kids were growing up, I always took pictures. I didn't have the greatest camera. We just get disposable ones back in the day, you know. But uh, and then, uh, you know, but I, you know, starting this, I was like, man, I went, you know, balls to the wall with learning. Now I still use, you know, cheap software. But uh, I didn't care. Like, if, as long as it got the job, if I could, you know, use other things. Because you can pull things from, you know, little GIFs and GIFs or however yeah, you pronounce yeah. it. You know, don't, we don't want to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> but explode the internet with, uh, you know, right. that discussion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're like, it's not peanut butter. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> People but, get um, too angry over it, yep. Yeah, so... You know, I mean, you can pull all these different things. And as I started learning this stuff, I was like, man, I would, I, but I would love to talk to somebody that started in the old school, you know, filming stuff and editing and, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, just learning, you know, their experience. That'd yeah. Be pretty cool. Is he, is he in South Carolina or? No, he's still in Florida. Most, oh, okay. most of my family is still in Florida. Um, gotcha. and he, yeah, still, still works at Campus Crusade. They, they call it Crew now. I think they changed the name, but okay. um, yeah, it's the same organization he's been working for for decades now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but before that, uh, even at an early age and he did, um, like live, uh, TV studio production, um, that oh, wow. he worked, he worked on like live sets and stuff. Yep. Um, even in school, he was like, like in, uh, uh, he, he did like, uh, you know, media production and stuff, uh, when he, when he was in, uh, college and whatnot. Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah. And it, growing up, I, it was 
experience to see like the old technology he worked with. So he, you know, was saying like, Hey, you know, this, this video editing software, you go and drag this little cross dissolve for, for fading your audio in something. Um, you know, he pulls out this reel to reel tape deck and it says, if you wanted to do a crossfade for audio back then, you had to physically diagonally slice the two pieces of tape and splice them together oh and do this gosh. and that. Um, and he showed that me some of this, wild. this, you know, cool a analog audio and video. Um, you know, I had a huge, huge appreciation for how that stuff was done back then or right. even early digital stuff. Yeah. You know, and it was like one time he was dusting off stuff out of a closet or the attic, like trying to get rid of things. And he goes, hey, boys, come look at this. And he pulls out this brick. It had to have been about this big, you know, by, by about that that tall and weighed like 10, you know, five or 10 pounds. And so come look at this brick. And it's, you know, it's got connectors, you know, like, like, a can you take a guess at what this is? And, you know, we're looking at it. And it's, it's a hard drive. And he says, I bought this hard drive when I started getting really like big in my you know video production and stuff never going to fill this thing up. It's going to it's going to last me a lifetime. <laughs> I'm never going to fill this thing up. It's going to handle oh, all man. my projects. Yes. And, he, and he goes like he goes first of all take a stab at how much I paid for it back then. And it was like tens of thousands of dollars or something. Holy and he goes cow. And he goes now take a guess at how much data it holds. <laughs> 2 gigs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that had to be like Oh, it was like the Rolls Royce of hard drives. For, yeah, yeah. You never. You, it was inconceivable to fill up two gigs. That was Dude, insane. When I, in in '96 and '97, I was you know building my own computers. <laughs> After I got out of the military, I was. I remember when the uh, 100 megabyte zip drive. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that the zip disk. It was called a zip. I've disc. seen them. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Well. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're before yeah. my time, but I've seen them. Right. Yeah. And it was like a thicker version of like the you know three and a half floppy or whatever yeah <clears throat> and this thing we were we said the same thing a hundred megabytes on this <laughs> one little disc oh my gosh yeah yeah oh, i remember that feeling <laughs> it's so so funny so i got a uh an eight hair uh eight terabyte external hard drive right now that i record all my stuff on and right and save everything on of course then i have you know i pay for extra storage on Google Drive, you know, to put terabytes and terabytes of all these, the, you know, all the originals that uncut and edited, you know, I save all this shit. Right. So uh, <laughs> it's so funny how, you know, how that part has changed so much. It's really oh, yeah. cool, you know? That video, audio video and, and computer technology, man, it's so fun to look back. It how, really is. How huge, colossal, heavy, and expensive <laughs> that stuff was. Yeah, and all the work they had to do to like I can create this uh, this video I posted a couple of days ago uh, on the shorts, you know, the YouTube shorts, yeah, stuff, yeah. whatever, on our channel. I did a uh, I took a thirty minute uh, full length video that we that we made, you know, that I edited or whatever from their gameplay at one of the Mill Sims recent, you know, like last year, yeah. and I cut it down to fifty eight seconds. So to computer, uh, to to be considered a short on YouTube, it's got to be 58 seconds or less. Okay. So I said, uh, U.S. Milsim in 58 seconds. I think I watched so I, that short, yeah. Did you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm cutting and cutting cutting. It took me like 10 minutes to make this video. Right. And I dragged some audio in there, you know, the music overlay. And I said, uh, and I, I just kept, it was like, I got everything down to like a minute seven. I was like, dang it. Okay, I didn't want to cut this out. Oh, I can I can speed this up, you know. I'll just speed it up. Whatever. Yeah. 
and I got it right to where I wanted it and where this, you know, like you did on yours, you know, where the, the music lined up kind of like where the crescendo of the music happened when this, you know, uh, convoy of Humvees came out. And so I yeah. got everything lined up. It took me like 10 minutes, you know, because of our technology today. And obviously the experience I've had for the last couple of years, uh, you know, knowing where to pull what tools. Uh, but yeah, I was, I mean, it took, that would have taken me, you know, when we first started the channel or even five years ago, would have taken me like two hours, you know, right, to right. Do. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I love learning about that stuff and the uh, editing stuff and, uh, you know, I still enjoy really doing cool. it. Yeah. I, I still really enjoy doing it. I obviously haven't done airsoft content since I was right. uh, very young, but um, what I ended up finding a, a good use for my my video editing skills um, was in college. I, I worked on a lot of like, team projects and stuff where yeah. we made a video to showcase our project. Sure. And uh, it was you know there was not a huge emphasis on like oh we have to really make a good video. So I thought like. I, I think like, we could do better. I think we can make a really, really solid video. Like I want to, I want to make you know, go to competitions, and all the teams would put their video to showcase their. Um, you know, it was mostly robotics competitions. Gotcha. I was like, I, and I was like, I want to go put some effort in and see if like you know, plan ahead. So I, I would you know, uh, make sure we got some cameras and GoPros and stuff for the lab right. that we worked in. And I was like, let's plan ahead for the project. Get a lot. I was you know, spent half my time getting B-roll footage of things yep. while we were working along the semester. And then I'd cut the video at the very end, and um, I think even one uh, one of our robotics competitions, they had a prize for best video, and we ended up winning it. Like, oh, that's cool. I feel I feel really really proud about that. <laughs> um, so you know, a lot a lot of the, the stuff of like you know timing things to music just right, make sure yeah. it's concise enough that it you know captures our short attention spans. Yep. So some yeah some of my what I would you know think is my my work that I'm most proud of is videos that I college robotics projects and stuff. Yeah. Well, when you look back at the older, like the older movies, like some of the old westerns, or even the movie, like black and white movies from the forties, yeah, 50s, they were so long, you know. Oh uh, yeah, like especially the westerns, you know, in the seventies, the bad, 60s, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so many long and drawn out scenes, you know, that nowadays, if you try to watch, now it was a really cool experience when I first watched it, you know, when I was growing up, uh, but because it was different, you know, for that time period. But, uh, you know, I remember when my boys started getting older, I had them watch all these classic movies. You know, I'm like, oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And they're like, uh, is something going to happen? Is something going to happen here? Because this is boring. You know, I'm like, yeah. no, no. And as I'm watching it with them, I'm like, uh, this is really slow. Like, what happened? <laughs> you know, but my memory of it was, you know, because it was really exciting at the time. Right. But right. yeah, nowadays, man, like movies are like action drama action drama you know dialogue like always intriguing you know stimulating and uh and then till the end you know it's just yeah so yeah now we're addicted to it it's like we need that that constant energy yeah, yeah. We, we've been desensitized to be able to appreciate that long sure. form content as much i'd like to think that sometimes i can still sit down and really appreciate like oh, yeah. good, and the, good and the bad and the ugly i really like. very yeah. draw they, they put a lot of emphasis building tension really slowly yeah. i could i could still enjoy that movie but if i like 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 my brother or my wife to watch that movie you know they'll they'll watch through it and enjoy it but they're yeah. like man that was that was kind of slow yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's more of a nostalgia thing for sure you know for me uh you know that that memory i had of first watching it and sure but there's some good older movies that you know that that built up like Jaws, the original Jaws. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, that 
that's a real you know it it it's been you know it's aged well i guess you know it has uh I agree. because the, the the slower parts they were still building those characters and you kind of drawn into the family and whatever you know it was uh but then they'd get you know they had a really good pace you know it was very good then. storytelling it was very yeah, skillful sure. storytelling yeah right for sure right yeah well, thank you so much man it's it's i've had a lot i've had a really good time uh, yeah, I've, I've really you, enjoyed chatting. Yeah, any yeah, any time awesome. you want to chat about stuff, I'm 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 happy to talk. I'm happy to run my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it makes for good conversation for sure. When we're both, uh, we don't run out of things to talk about. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, man. Anytime, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, bye.